but I felt the Lord put on like first world countries actually on my heart, um, which is why I went to Hong Kong the following summer. I'm kind of like, just the idea that wealth, like spiritual wealth is not equivalent to like worldly wealth. And just like in the US, how we have this idea of like the US being such so wealthy, but we look around us and like spiritually we're so poor. Wisdom isn't reserved only for older generations. We just need to merely apply the lessons God has for us to new situations. Olivia Lott is doing that at the ripe old age of 22. Hello and welcome to the Hill Stories podcast, a space to tell the God stories unique to the people at Chapel Hill Presbyterian Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. I'm your host, David Wilson. And today we're being joined by Olivia Lott. I really appreciate your time today, Olivia. I know your parents a little bit, and I know you a little bit from some of the high school work that I've done over the years, um, but I don't know you that well. What are you doing right now? Right now, I'm in my senior year at Azusa Pacific University, which is in LA, and I'm studying English. What do you hope to do with an English degree? I want to teach English internationally in China, possibly, or um, I don't know, maybe Asia, somewhere in Asia. English, uh, ESL, English as a second language somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Tell me a little bit about growing up in Gig Harbor. What was, what was your life like? Well, I have five siblings, so I'm one of six. So it was always pretty crazy at our house. A lot of things going on, a lot of people coming in and out all the time. My parents are really into hosting and my mom is very hospitable. So always just been around people and my parents are also very involved in the church. So I really grew up going to Chapel Hill and being involved in a lot of the things that Chapel Hill offers like Upward and Grapple and middle school ministry and then a little bit of high school ministry as well. So Okay, high school ministry, a little bit of ministry along the way. When did you first start to become seriously involved in church activities? Was it simply because your parents were, or did you feel a separate calling? Yeah, I think initially kind of fall into what your parents are doing and what they want you to do. And I'm a middle child as well. So I think kind of just like going with what the rest of my family was doing was something that I did. And then it wasn't until high school, I kind of stopped going to church. I play water polo at APU as well. And so sports had kind of taken a front seat into, instead of going to church, I would be going to like tournaments, trying to get recruited and stuff. And so I really lost my faith a lot. My freshman to, I would say junior year and wasn't involved, was kind of just pretty worldly living of the world and spending my time not doing what I was supposed to be doing. But when I was a junior, actually, I had gone to Mexico and that was where I was very convicted, um, actually. And Chip Slothauer, he came up to me and was like, hey, like, what's going on? And I was just in like a puddle of tears at this point, um, just kind of reflecting on what my life had really turned into and how far I'd strayed. And so I decided then my junior year to just commit my life back to back to the Lord and 
really took started taking it more seriously and studying the Bible, meeting with Ship and Becky Slothauer once a week. They were really a pivotal part of my story and coming back to the Lord and stuff. So did you completely abandon sports at that point? No, I kept playing because I wanted to play in college. And so I kept playing, but it was more of like, I would have like a tournament and then I would go to the hill like immediately after. This was like my senior year with like chlorine hair and you know, whatever, but just to like get there for at least part of it, cause I knew that it was important. And also meeting with them once a week, anytime that I could, whether it was like in the morning or whenever they were free, cause they have six kids as well. So just finding those times where I could really just be in the word. And a lot of it was on my own too of like reading scripture that we were going to be talking about for the next week and just kind of learning the basics, honestly, is what I would say. I felt like, although I grew up in the church, I'd really forgotten just kind of those basic principles of like, what makes you a Christian and what makes you like, why do you need the Lord? Like, why is spending time with him so important? And so kind of just going back to the basics, I guess. No, it's good to hear. I joked a little bit about, uh, of course, you left sports behind. But as you moved forward, you're still doing sports, you're still doing school, but you have a recommitment in your faith. What did that balance look like? You talked a little bit about, you know, some things that you were doing, but was it difficult to maintain that balance? Yeah, a little bit, especially senior year of high school. It was a big, that's a big time for you to get recruited. You're going on these trips. And so as I was looking at these different schools, Azusa Pacific was kind of my top choice. It was a Christian school in California, which I wanted to play in the sun. And when I went to the school, it was like, okay, like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is the coaches Christian. The girls on the team were predominantly Christian. And I felt as kind of like this new Christian and just kind of like, I don't know if my faith could withstand going to like this big state school. This felt like the best option in order to keep growing and keep learning and kind of needed like that mentorship of that team and that coach to help me. That's good. It sounds a little bit like your faith helped guide where you were going to be as well as the other needs that you had, academic and sports needs. Mm -hmm. So they all worked together to decide where you were going to end up. Yeah, for sure. But now you're a senior. Yeah. How has it looked keeping your faith through the college experience? It's definitely looked different than I thought it would be. I thought being at a Christian school, it it would be like effortless and that it would, there would be so many things that I could be doing. There would be a lot of like people that were on the same basis as me. But as I like went to the school and you kind of get over that freshman year of like excitement and all these different programs and stuff, you really find like your group that you go into and stuff. And I found that it can be really easy to fall off track and it can be really easy to find groups that help you and encourage you. And so I think the biggest thing was going to church every Sunday with my roommates and the people that were on my hall and just kind of getting a good church base at school and volunteering there as well. Because I think 
volunteering, one, it helps the church and also hold you accountable to actually going to church. So I would serve on Sunday mornings with the middle school at like the early service, and then I would attend the service after it. And so it was kind of just that double, I need to be in church and I also need to be serving because that's, I think that's just what we're called to as Christians and to not just like consume what the church is giving out, but to help build it up as well. So that was super helpful. And then I've always had a heart for missions. And so there's a club on my campus called CSA. It's the Center for Student Action. And I got super involved with that actually my freshman year. And I was able to go on a trip to Poland and teach English. And then the following year, I also went to Hong Kong and taught English as well. And so I think there's so many clubs and there's so many orgs that are working with APU that you can get involved with. And I think any school, but it's kind of like, how much do you want to put in in order to get out what you need to? Because I think there's like a balance in that. That's really good. And you're maintaining your studies. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And those experiences in Poland and Hong Kong that helped you confirm the English as a second language teaching in Asia? Yeah, I think I've always known that I wanted to do missions. I actually remember like, as I was typing this up, I recalled someone came in when I was probably in like fourth grade and they spoke to us about Myanmar and she was like a missionary there. And I don't recall her name, but I like would recognize her because I think she is at the church still, but she spoke to us about Myanmar. And I was like, that's amazing. Like you can go and you can talk about English or talk about God and like also (laughs) be able to teach and kind of like help these communities. And so that was kind of the first time I heard about missions. And then as I grew up, it was like, always wanted to teach. And then my freshman year, I had a friend who was leading the team and she was like, you should come on this. Like, it would be so great. You already know how to teach. Um, That's something you're passionate about. And I think that missions would be super cool for you to kind of explore. And I was like, okay, like, sure. A little bit hesitant, did not want to go, especially like I was like 18, maybe 19. So young. I'd only left the country to go to Mexico. And I was like, Poland, that's like 12 hour plane ride. That's a little bit too far. And it was for a decent amount of the summer, but I decided to go. And yeah, I think it definitely confirmed just what the Lord's put on my heart as far as teaching and making like, I think a lot of times missions, it's it's not so much that you're like going across seas or that you are in these places that haven't been touched before, although those are very important. But I felt the Lord put on like first world countries actually on my heart, um, which is why I went to Hong Kong the following summer. And kind of like just the idea that wealth, like spiritual wealth is not equivalent to like worldly wealth. And just like in the U.S., how we have this idea of like the U.S. being such so wealthy, but we look around us and like spiritually we're so poor and there's just places that are just like dead. And when I was in Poland, I just felt like, okay, the Lord's already here and he's already working and like, wow, what a like opportunity to be able to be used by him in this place. And I think when I went to Hong Kong was actually where I felt like, okay, 
I like, I remember calling my mom and being like, I think I'm supposed to live here. And she was like, what? <laughs> like, uh, okay. Like her response, she was trying to be like, yeah, like, you know, but of course she was, okay, um, well, we can, you know, pray about it and I'll be praying for you. And I was like, okay, but I think I'm pretty certain that I'm supposed to be here. And I still feel that way. Still feel like the Lord has really put Hong Kong on my heart and just that country as a whole. And so it's kind of crazy, but pretty exciting. I don't really know when, but I know that I am called there. You said when you were 18 or 19, pretty young. So you're a wise old veteran now. <laughs> no, I'm only 22. But <laughs> I think that, you know, like you're just out of out of high school. That's your first year on your own. But I'm not wise. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that I thought about was, you know, what you can argue is first world area in Asia but you're also talking about a faith that's more oppressed there than it is here. Do you find that to be a daunting aspect or do you find that when you come across the faith there, it burns a little bit hotter than it does here? Yeah, that's actually super interesting. And something I talked about a lot while I was in Hong Kong was that I think because we can practice our faith so freely in the US and like that's such a privilege that we have we definitely take it for granted and a lot of times that looks like not going to church every Sunday or kind of missing out on just quality time with the Lord or not going to your small group which I'm not trying to like shame anyone because life gets in the way sometimes but when we would encounter people in Hong Kong um that were missionaries there and were teaching it was kind of like okay like hi like we are kind of working towards the same mission of like breaking down the walls um, that the government has formed and just trying to share without actually sharing. And that looks different, obviously, than when you're in a different country where you can talk freely about it. It's more by like your actions and people coming up to you rather than you going up to other people and being like, have you heard about Jesus? Like, it just looks really different. But yeah, I would say that it does burn a little brighter, but I think it's all from the same flame, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Thank you. You know, we, we joke a little bit about your age and, you know, you are just about to embark on the journey of the rest of your life. But as I think back about your high school experience going into college, you fell away a little bit. You found your way back with the help of the sloth hours, but falling away is not uncommon mm -hmm. for high school students, for teenagers. When you look back on that, do you have some advice for anyone that is wavering a little bit right now? Yeah, I think my why I fell or like drifted a little bit was just, I had a lot of doubts and a lot of questions and I don't think I'd like ever felt comfortable enough or found someone that I could come to and be like, this is what I'm questioning. I don't understand how this makes sense. And so being able to find someone that you can talk to about what you're questioning, whether that's an adult or another peer, I think can be super helpful because 
I think that's all that I really needed was just like, I don't understand how this makes sense. And I'm struggling with this verse in the Bible and I don't like how it's worded or stuff like that. Not so much like just walking away because of the doubt, because I think doubt is normal. And I think it's uncomfortable sometimes because we feel like we're not supposed to doubt and that we should just be confident in what we know. But I think as you're in high school and kind of like embarking on your own faith journey that you have to doubt things because how else are you going to know what is the truth? Um, and I think that makes the faith just that much stronger too. That's a good point. It needs to be tested once in a while. And each generation has to do a little bit of its own testing as they come along to, to refine that truth for themselves. That's a very good point. And you mentioned a mentor. So this message is really just as much for the older generation that might be looking to help the younger generation just a little bit. Do you think that's the case? Uh, yeah, I would hope so. I mean, I would hope that they would be encouraged to find someone and help mentor because they got a lot of wisdom to share, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, Olivia, you have been on your own personal path, closer to God, further away in your faith, and you have made it through for all intents and purposes, college, you're looking at the end of that. What does your time with God actually look like right now? I think a lot of it is quiet time with the Lord. And actually, okay, Pastor Mark inspired me a little bit, which is not a bad thing. He's our pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I he said that like do... it was like bad. <laughs> no, he, he is known to have done that in the past. Yeah. So you're fine. Um, and he had a sermon and... He talked about praying without ceasing and just that idea. I think it was probably like I came back from school or something and that idea just kind of like stuck with me because I think there's a big busyness as a college student and just in normal life in general of like, okay, I need to sit down and I need to spend like three hours with the Lord every morning. And sometimes I'm like, I have the time to do that. And other times I'm running out the door, I'm late to practice. And so throwing on some Christian music and just praying at, on my 10 minute drive to practice is how I spend my time, frankly. And other times it's just going through the Bible and just being with him and sitting with him. But I find that I connect the Lord a lot through worship music. And so I think just like putting on some worship music and just like sitting and just being with him is how I spend most of my time with the Lord and just different small groups and stuff like that. Like community for me is pretty big. And so being able to like bounce different ideas off of my friends and has been something that's really helped me grow. What's your go-to worship music right now? Um, you guys know Maverick City Music? Oh my goodness. I love everything that they produce. I just think that they're amazing. So, I mean, I'm always putting them on, just shuffle anything from them, <laughs> honestly. And do you have a go-to Bible verse? This is going to sound a little cliche, but the Great Commission <laughs> is a big one for me. I just think that that's kind of what I'm trying to live my life by. And so that's always just stuck with me. Given your experience and what you're planning to do, I think it's 
about the most appropriate verse you could have. So (laughs) thank you so much for that. Olivia, it has been a distinct pleasure and I do appreciate your time with us today. And I do appreciate just telling us your story. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys asking to hear it. It's very kind. Thank you so much. This has been Hill Stories, originating at Chapel Hill Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. The opinions expressed are those of the participants for the edification of our listeners and do not necessarily reflect those of Chapel Hill leadership or the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. If you would like more information or to submit an idea for a future episode, our email address is hillstories at chapelhillpc.org. For everyone here at Chapel Hill, I'm David Wilson. Thank you, and God bless.